Welcome back to the program. Uh, 1300 01 1170 0457 736 736. Muzz says, most charismatic sports person I've ever met at a nightclub, Benny Elias. Good one. He thought I was hitting on. Uh, uh, better read this, hang on. He realised <laughs> brought me drinks for the rest of the night. Top bloke. Uh, Benny's a, a fantastic fella. He is a very charismatic bloke, um, Benny. Uh, so that that is a, a good nomination there. They say the late, great Shane Warne was just amazing. Mm. How, ca oh. how charismatic he was. Yeah, I actually... Tried uh, to pick up I, my girlfriend one night. Did Yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's really consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the presence of the great man one night, actually, too. Were, um, were, were you there when he was... Yeah. <laughs> were you standing next to your girlfriend? Uh, like, in the near vicinity. Right. Right. Enough. I went to the... I went Good to luck to him. With another radio station. <laughs> well, that's... Uh, I went Play to... On. Well... Big shout out to Penny Elias. I think he used to talk very constantly to my wife when she was at the stadium gym. But anyway, um, uh, I was at the President's Cup Golf in 2019 down there with the radio show, and we went out and just followed the guys on a warm up lap. And uh, we were there, and, and we we're with Paul Gow. And then Paul Gow had known Shane Warne from something, and so w I ended up being in this conversation with Shane Warne for That's 10. That's cool. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like a massive cricket fan. I'm like, yeah. this is, and I had no idea, didn't know Shane Warne, but thought, wow, this is really cool. Um, there was a, a press of about 60 people following. There was um, four of them were female, and one of them was a young female, and that. One young female was talking to Shane Keith Warne. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Okay, fair what enough. Man. Hey, gents, you guys missed two of my favourite Bears players from that time. Greg Florimo and the gravel-voiced Gary Larson. Ah, sorry, Michael. Yeah, Gary Larson was a player. He played 22 straight origin games or 21 straight origin games. Gary Larson. Um, Do you remember Gary Larson missile? Yeah, I remember him from one of the like the off. State of Origin docos that they did back in the day. They did some really good documentaries on State of Origin. He was uh, give us a uh, an example of a current day player mm. that was a Gary Larson type. Yeah, they don't really build him in that mold. I'm even going probably like you'd have to go even like a Steve Simpson that might be yeah. closer mm. into to a generation that missile could. Re um, who in this day and age back rollers? They're, they're so like they're different back rollers now these days. They was he explosive or more just consistent? Probably more endurance. Liam Martin. Endurance. Liam Martin. Liam yeah, Martin. Hard nosed. Yep. Liam Martin would be the best comp I think for a, an elite player. Yeah. He played twenty two Origins. What about like an Andrew Ryan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a bit, yeah. Andrew Andrew Ryan was more of a worker and he was silky. He had a really good nice offload. Uh, he could pass the ball as well. Felt like I felt like Gary Larson. This is just me as a kid growing up. Was just more straight up and yeah. down, yeah, and would just try to run through you like Liam Martin would. Okay, he doesn't want to step. He he's, might be a little bit lighter, but a Lindsay Collins, mm. like oh, yeah. just get the job done, uh, yep. Gary Larson. Uh, all right, let's have a look at this game this afternoon. You'll hear it across the SEN network just after four o'clock at McDonald Jones Stadium. It is the last of the Week One finals. The Knights up against the Raiders. Obviously, a big team news, and that is that. Kalen Ponga, um, there was speculation that he was going to not play, that he was 50-50. I think you have to go all in on this one. Uh, Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Jackson Hastings all returning. Dane Gagai back into the side as well. For the Raiders, James Schiller replacing Seb Chris on the wing. I'll ask you this, Scope. Do you think that the 17 that is currently announced for the Raiders is the 17 that we see play? Yeah, I would, you've got to look at the 18th, 19th man um, and see who, who else they could come on. But I guess this late... If you're going to be making some changes, is Tommy Gino 
If Albert Hopawati was their guy all year. What happened there? I don't know. He's played really well, I thought, Albert, in different stages. So, yeah, and, and that's that, that left edge too. And there's Jared Croker there. And then do you push Jack Whiten in and say, Matt Frawley, okay, you're out and onto a bench. I don't know. But it's clearly defensively been an issue. Uh, around that period of time. In saying that, you know, Reese Walsh can pull most defences apart. Mm. And that's, that's what we saw with that um, that uh, left-edge defence for the Canberra Raiders. This is all thanks to, before you dig to, lodge a free inquiry online. So that's one of the things. Um, I, I just think it's, you, you've got to have faith in the players that you put there. I just get the sense that as much as Ricky Stewart wants to put Jared Croker in, he's lost a bit of faith in him. Yeah. It's you can't waste a bench spot on him. No way, can't. No, no way can you do that. Uh, oh well, I mean I think it's uh, semi-final suicide to to do that. With due respect to Jared, and, and because he's, you're just starting, you either start him or you don't. Yeah, so, um, I agree with that. That that's that's the other way to look at it as well too. I no Josh Papalihi, uh, no Corey Horsburgh, uh, Joe Tarpany has just got it all to do. Um, with these young players in the middle there with him. You might even get an Emre Gula that starts the game for them as well. That's one of the options there. But you look at this. I, I, what struck me about Newcastle is, um, yes, it's been a lot of Kalen Ponga, and it's all come off the back of Kalen Ponga. Uh, but then there's other guys. Who, like Bradman Best has never played better. Mm. Dane Gagai is back to... You know, some of the best form that we've ever yep. seen. Dom Young, Greg Marzu, top of their game. Tyson yep. Gamble, you ever seen him play better? Nope. Jackson Hastings. Killing it. Phoenix Crossland. Yeah. Here's, it. here's the other one. Turn back the clock. Tyson Frizzell. Yeah. Tell you who's my guy? Leo Thompson. I love Leo Thompson. Such yeah, a good he's player. Tough, he's a great he? ascending player. I think he's got a rugby union background. Yes. Uh, he's been in uh, the Canberra system before he goes to Newcastle about three or four years ago. So still sort of, you know trending upwards yep. and, and improving with every game. I think the for, for a couple of years there, you know, I know they had Clemmer with the Saifidi brothers, but having that punch with one of the Saifidis, whether it's Jacob, who's now gone on to surpass yes. Daniel. Yes. Um, and Daniel does a, still does a great job coming off the bench. But Leo Thompson's just a different type of body. You know, the Saifidi brothers and Dave Clemmer are big bodies. Yep. Uh, they're old traditional front rowers. In this day and age, when you look at the Liotas, the the Lenus, yes, um, you know some of these other players, even like Flegler isn't, Matt, you know, six foot three, six foot four. You think he's a little bit more nuggetier, um, and he, he's in the the mould of the Leo Thompson. I reckon you'd be surprised how tall Tom Flegler is. Yeah, I re- yeah, I, re- think, I reckon. Yeah, you think he'd be closer to that six three, six Absolutely. four? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, Jack Hetherington is got. A, he, there's a good footballer in there with Jack Hetherington. I like Matt Croker, but the other one that I've been impressed with, uh, Adam Elliott, and it's mm. it, it's the Adam Elliott. He is ball playing. Have a look at his game stats now. And he, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago on the afternoons program, and he said that was one of the features when he spoke to Adam O'Brien. Adam was very clear how he wanted him to play. That's not how he was playing it. Canterbury, and it's not how he was playing at Canberra. He wanted him to be a ball-playing lock. And there's one thing to want your lock to play that way. Then they have to be able to do it. And Adam has shown he's been able to do it. It took him a while. Yep. I think, you know, the first couple of games were pretty scrappy. And then um, he missed a lot of footy at the start of the year. And then he had to build him to um, get that conditioning into his game. But you're right. He's almost now taken the role of Connor Watson uh, from years past, a couple of years ago, where Connor was playing that sort of role, coming off the bench and interchanging with the likes of Kurt Mann. 
Um, and it just gives you another option through the middle. It keeps your, your, your middles nice and honest. And once they have to stay tight, because you've got a nice ball playing uh, middle that can play short or out the back, then you start seeing some tries on the edges. Can the Knights go all the way to the prelim? Yeah. Prelim, yes. And then we sort of stop it, right? Because <laughs> otherwise we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, then they run into Brisbane. Correct. Yeah. Tough. Brisbane and Brisbane. Tell you what, they competed really well against Brisbane. They did, yeah. Just before the run started. Just before. They still had a couple of losses. I think yeah. they, they lost to Penrith in a close one, and then they lost to the Chooks in a close one as well. Um, and then they f they really gave the, the Bulldogs a hiding that got kick-started yeah, their, their run. You're yeah. welcome. But you, you'd like, <laughs> you'd like to think... We had two kick-starts. <laughs> 100 points. And <laughs> <laughs> started the finals. And May said on, on Levels podcast that Knights have... Without Ponga, have a rubbish spine, and everyone was just hammering him, going 108 nil or whatever. <laughs> but he stands by those comments. Yeah, he uh, does. The big fella's just gonna uh, sometimes just roll the moment. Yep. So maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves with uh, talking about prelims, but you know they win today, they go to New Zealand. We think Mount Smart Stadium. Uh, Sean Johnson there is going to be, you know, whether he plays and how long he plays and all that sort of stuff. That That's the big question mark around that. But seeing the seeing the Knights in the prelim, uh, pending the health of Ponga, is not outrageous. Uh, which side would you prefer? Uh, just say Shawnee Johnson comes back because he's supposed to be, you know, missed this game but be right for next week. And then they, they seem to have a full deck of cards outside of Shawnee at the moment. The Warriors or a banged up Melbourne down in Melbourne. Which would you prefer if you were a team... That's one this week, like the Sydney Roosters or the. Uh, you I know, prefer Warriors. If you got to pick, right? If you. Yeah, Warriors, yeah. And, and and I say that on the bounce back um, factor for the Melbourne Storms best mm. players. Yep, they do always bounce back. You're right. Very and rarely do they put two performances like that. And ever. They've, they've done that this year a lot. You know where we used to have the consistency of the Melbourne Storm. They've been very up and down, yep. and invariably an up is coinciding with a home match yep. after a bad away loss. Yep. And and adding to that, Harry Grant, Cameron Munster play probably the, the poorest games they've played in purple. There's a lot of inspiration yeah. for them to play well. Yeah, bounce back. Uh, the bounce back factor. All right, game preview there was all thanks to Before You Dig Australia. We'll get to our tips a little bit later on. Uh, we've got War and Peace here from the Wolf. But anyway, 1971 grand final is the greatest finals match of all time. The mighty Rabbits team versus an ageing Changer and Billy Smith leading a bits and pieces team coached by Jack Gibbs in the first year of the one-point field goal. South led 1-0 at half-time from an Eric Sims field goal. South scored two early second-half tries through Brannigan and Coote, converted by Sims. Smith and Changer lead a comeback, putting Beath and Walton. These names, for some listeners... I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Some great, how good were the nicknames they're, back in the day? They're frothing on this. Uh, Smith and Changer lead the comeback. Changer converts both. Souths lead 11-10. Georgie Piggins keeps the Rabbits from a surging Dragons by consistently raking the ball back in the play the ball. Five minutes to go. Coot makes a break on the 40-metre line and puts Bobby McCarthy under the post. Sims converts. The Mighty Rabbits won 16-10. The 1967-71 Rabbits are the best side I have ever seen. They won four of five grand finals. That's from the Wolf. Good on your Wolf. I think Wolf was about... 42, 43 at the time of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's get ourselves to the break and then we're back with more. You're listening to Crunch Time, all thanks to Azito.